0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Pete Alonso wins. The home run derby. He was the third favorite. All star game tonight. National League is the smallest of favorites. So it's pretty much a coin toss game. National League minus 115. Let's talk Team USA basketball. A couple of surprising losses. A week ago, they were minus 800 to win the gold. Now minus 400. Odds cut in half. NBA resumes tomorrow. Milwaukee is a four and a half point favorite at home. That implies they're the better team. What is going on? Here comes the 4-Hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports, Sports, Radio. Sports Radio. Radio.
2: This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Give me a number,
1: girl. Give me a phone. I'm collecting numbers. Uh-huh. More and more. Give me a number, girl. Give me a phone. My scientists have come to me and I.
2: The pregame show America has always
1: wanted. I the future. I the future.
2: From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it, I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on an all-star game Tuesday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great great nation. This all-star break typically is the classic time the professional bettors can disconnect. You know, there's the tight... Some bettors focus on a sport or two, and they usually have more sanity, I think. And then there's the bettors that even if they don't handicap a sport, they know people, they trade information, and they bet everything. And if it was one time a year, it's the NBA all-star break... That Friday, typically, is is, is decent, uh, at least historically, uh, to disconnect. And the baseball star break. But with the NBA extending, with the Olympics coming up, still busy. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ, and yes, on a day in which we will take a look back at the home run derby last night at Coors Field and a look ahead to the All-Star game later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday?
0: I want to look at this game for point spread. It is a big surprise, and specifically what tends to happen in between these games in an NBA series is there's very little adjustment to the power rankings of the team, that generally a team wins a couple games, they lose a couple games. It doesn't really matter because we're now, what, 90-some games or 100 games in some cases, uh, I guess, in a normal season into the season by the finals. So what's a game or two going to mean? But what we've seen in this series, and it's not just injuries, it's that there's been a real reevaluation of who the better team is. And this line in game two is, or game four is quite surprising.
1: Yeah. And it is game four coming up tomorrow night in the NBA finals. It's in Milwaukee where the Bucks got a big win over the Phoenix Suns in game three, that series two, one in favor of Phoenix. But right now on pregame.com, it's the Bucks a four and a half point favorite coming up tomorrow.
0: Okay. So let's think about this a second and we'll bring in McKenzie rivers, pregame.com. Let's go down quickly. And, Go one at a time, and then I'll ask for the next one. Game one, the line was? Suns by five and a half. Okay, so let's accept the fact that Giannis was doubtful before or early that day of the game, was questionable hours before the game, and then was announced to play, and still the line moves closed at five and a half. Now, we could make the case – And I think it's true that there was a lack of certainty about Giannis' health. And we all remember Anthony Davis. He gave it a go. And if anything, he was a net negative, didn't play for that long. Could have been Giannis in this case. We just didn't know. It was certainly a reasonable possibility. So I'm almost going to say let's forget game one. That was an aberration, though it clearly makes the case that with the three-point home field advantage, which I think is correct at this point of the season – in the post pandemic and all the realities of it. It's a little less than a typical year, but just by maybe a half a point, three and a half, typically three now. Okay. So game two, the line was. Closed at four and a half. Now this line son's was a statement. Sons at home, sons favored. And this was a statement. This was a statement, quite frankly, that we spent about half a show trying to de- decode. What was being said? Because everything pointed to Milwaukee in game two. Giannis's surprising amount of health that he showed in game one, his physicality was almost there all the way. He played well, didn't play a ton of minutes, but it looked like, hey, he's better. He's better than any reasonable person could have thought. Okay, that was one. Number two was there was a long history of. NBA finals starting with the home team winning and covering in game one that we talked about before the game and Milwaukee had this was the sixth straight series that they had lost the first game against the spread of a series and it was 0-5 coming in so if anything it was like wow Milwaukee doesn't start these series well Giannis there's uncertainty about him this is entering game one now and home teams dominate dominate I'm just going by memory I think it was four I think it's 13-2 and two against the spread now, but it could That's be right. off. Is that right? Yeah. So it was like everything pointed to Phoenix. Phoenix looked good, but they didn't look like crazy dominant. So you're thinking Milwaukee in the bounce back, not to mention the typical zigzag that we talk about all the time, which is in the NBA, the team that wins typically – Isn't as tenacious as the team that lost because losing two in a row can really put you in a hole. All of that lined up and the line was still four and a half, which was saying simply Milwaukee was inferior to Phoenix. Phoenix was a point and a half better even though there's all these circumstances that could have, you know, reasonably be, t- be taken as advantage Milwaukee, which would mean Phoenix is even better than that because they're accounting for all those advantages and they're still a point and a half above home court in game two. Okay. Game three comes along. That was down 0-2 now, Milwaukee. This is the classic spot where, especially in the first half, the Home team in game three, the team that's down 0 2, it's an all in effort. And the game line in that game was? Bucks were favored by four and a half. Okay, now that seems like a big swing. A lot of people say, wow, how could they be underdogs at four and a half, now favored by four and a half in game three? But if you actually looked at the first half line, the first half line in that game, McKenzie was? Three or three and a half, the Bucks were favored. Mm hmm. So what we figured was if you if you accept the fact that the first half is where that game three phenomenon is centered, and that's what the betting market tells us, and it's true. If you look at the second half line, you know which was like one one and a half points. So let's just call it one and a half. That means for the game it should have been three, and the extra game three incentive that comes from the circumstances jacked it up a point and a half, and you could see that in the first half line. So that is a circumstance that doesn't repeat itself. So if you remove that, it would have been Milwaukee favored by about three. Now, here is where the disconnect is. All that kind of made sense to me. Now, what didn't make sense was that game two being so high, but it was like, It made sense after the fact, as in the market believes that Phoenix is just the better team by a real margin, not just a smidge, not a half a point, is the better team. Now, the thing that flummoxed us that day that made us very confused, and we are straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell, was that the betting market before the series started, but before Giannis was hurt, had a perspective line, a line you could bet. That was Milwaukee, though they didn't have home court, was minus 150 to win the series. Which means that overcoming home court and still being a minus money favorite, that's something that was a big statement Milwaukee was better. I can understand why when Giannis's health was uncertain that Phoenix entered the series as the favorite because the distance between Milwaukee being favored and Phoenix being favored was about Giannis's health. And we did the math on that. We shared it with you guys. It all made sense. It all made sense. And Game 3 made sense that Milwaukee was considered better because of that Game 3 phenomenon. But now we enter Game 4, and there's a reversal. There is no Game 3 phenomenon. If anything... This is the game typically the better team will win to go up 3-1. This is a zigzag pointing to Phoenix. Phoenix just, you know, they withstood the storm of Milwaukee in that must-win game, and now things settle down. They have a couple days in town. They're more used to the rims. The second game is always advantageous to the road team because they're less familiar. They didn't just fly in. So all that kind of, and we've seen that in when they play these home you know, home, double home games, I guess not home and home, but double home for one team is oftentimes, and we saw it this year, and I don't know, Mackenzie, if you got the the raw numbers on it, but when one team won in the second game, typically there was a bounce back. It was the zigzag happening in the regular season. So, and maybe we'll pull those numbers and talk about them, you know, just touch on them here in a little bit. But this line, if you would have said, based on everything we've seen, What should the line be? Well, home court's three for Milwaukee. And Phoenix was considered a point and a half better. I don't see anything about game three that went above and beyond that would say that there's been any power ratings readjustment. So now maybe Milwaukee should have been one and a half or two. The distance, and let's call it two, the distance between two and four and a half is the question mark. This is, it seems, a reevaluation of how good these teams are. And as much as during a typical series you might think that happens all the time, it doesn't. It doesn't. The line in general. Now, the exceptions are things like game three when it's 0-2, things like when it's a 3-0 and it'll go for a sweep, you see a big adjustment because motivation is a question mark. But in Game 3, we knew motivation was advantage-Milwaukee. Game 4, not so clear. And thus, it's more about the pure power rating. There's not many offsetting factors. And what we're seeing is the betting market has said, wow, Milwaukee is clearly the better team, like we thought beforehand, even though we thought that Phoenix was clearly the better team as recently as Game 2 And even Game 3, because when you account for all that Game 3 phenomenon, it still assumed Phoenix was the better team. Otherwise, the line would have been even higher. It makes no sense, and it's such a rare occurrence for there to be an 0-2, the team at home win to make it 2-1, and then the line goes up. I don't think I've ever seen that to be on. I mean, we got our database. We'll check that during the commercial. I didn't think to do that. Did you happen to do that, Mackenzie?
2: No, I didn't. I did look up uh, teams that played each other back to back in the regular season. So if you just throw out the last couple of weeks because those were kind of funky, 58% against the spread, the team that lost coming back in the same building to play again.
0: So that's about a point and a half or so. You know, the net margin would be typically. It might not be in this case. So what we're saying is we're talking about about the same adjustment as the zigzag or even. In this case, it's a little bigger than the zigzag, and it could just be a little fluky in one year. But in general, team professionals don't like getting beat two times in a row by the same people. It's revenge time. So to me, what is unequivocal, that is pure mathematics, is that Phoenix being favored by what they were in game two, I guess that would have been, what, four and a half in that game, is in game two being favored by that much – and then being favored or being underdogs by this much in this game, or specifically Milwaukee being favored by four and a half. Think about it. Home court's three. If a team in game two is favored by four and a half at home, it means they're better by a point and a half. How can the opposite team, now Milwaukee, be better by the same point and a half and being a four and a half point favorite? This would make sense if home court were worth four and a half. It'd be their even team. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not even during a normal year. It certainly isn't this year. So, Jonas, as a – not a professional batter, but as an aficionado, but also a fan at heart, do you see how it – does it seem incongruent to you? Does it seem wacky that within the span of from game two – to game four, that there's been a three-point swing effectively in who the market believes is the better team. That is not only unusual – it is rare rare rare
1: yeah i mean if all things you know these teams were the same teams we thought they were coming in i all that would make sense i think this is all about Giannis. i i think his performances the past couple of games have changed how people view this this series is going i, I think there's a real thinking that they're going to come back to phoenix uh, this series is going to be tied two games apiece and then from there it's a best of three and milwaukee has clearly shown they've got the best player in the series right
0: now coming off an injury And you could say that was what the market thought. Like, the minus 150 for Milwaukee entering the series kind of said that. But you know what? It would have said game one line should have been two and a half then. Right? Let's say, you know, minus three Phoenix home court advantage. Let's call game one. Juice it a little bit because of the history. So maybe – Uh, Milwaukee's favored, uh, or not favored, but a point and a half better. So it would be one and a half typically. Juice it up a little bit because of all the game one phenomenons. And then game two should have been like two. The line should have been two. But game one didn't convince the market that Giannis was back. And you could even make the case game th- uh, two didn't do it either because game three line was in line with game two line. This is where it finally was this third game and how well has played that caused the total reevaluation. Now, the question becomes, does the series price show that reevaluation? And Mackenzie, you did the work on this, and I think we have a surprising answer. So, ba- what is the current series price?
2: The Suns are still favored. They're minus 250. All right, the hold payback. on, hold
0: on. When we say they're still favored, it only makes sense that they're favored because they're up 2-1. So they're minus 250. Now the question is, if these were perceived to be even teams and one team was up 2-1, what would the line be? What would the series price be? Minus 240. Okay. So what you're saying is that... This is pure math, right? In fact, yes. sh- show off your Yale degree. <laughs> is explained the binomial, but don't explain it. Just give us about
2: eight words on it. So, assuming fifty percent win expectancy for each team, even amount of home games, Suns two, Bucks two, the binomial distribution calculation equivocates to seventy-six percent for the Suns to win, equivalent to a minus two forty favorite
0: equivocate. Right. I mean, did he really need to throw that in, Jonas? <laughs> but he's making a good point. This is pure math. So on one hand, we've got two markets saying two different things. The the game market, because there's no reason Game Four favors Milwaukee in any special way. They're just it, other than home court, which is built in. So if anything. If Milwaukee wins another game, you would think from here they've got momentum. They got, you know, there's a lot of advantages if they win this next game. Whereas you could say, well, if they lose this next game, now Chris Paul can close it out in Game Five. That seems like a big, big disadvantage. So if anything, Phoenix is super motivated. Uh, in this game, I mean, it doesn't feel like there can possibly. Every everyone's going to say, "Well, Milwaukee needs the." Yeah, everyone needs this game. There's uh, zigzag tells us, history tells us that this is not advantage home team in this game four, considering the way it's gone. So if we just accept that and say this line of four and a half by Milwaukee is saying Milwaukee's better by a, by a point and a half, but then we look at the price in the series and it says that Phoenix is better by a smidge, by a smidge, not much, but a smidge. That means there's about a point and a half of variance here. And if you like Milwaukee, then no doubt about it, you should be betting Milwaukee in the series price and not necessarily in game four. And if you like Phoenix, then you should be looking to take Phoenix plus the four and a half because one of them's wrong. This is kind of like two plus two cannot equal five. So either the first two is a three or the second two is a three. And we don't know which is which. If you have an opinion, this is the case. And quite frankly, no other show is going to explain it this way. And probably have the ability to at least any show has any major platform. This is where we don't go into the science of it too much. It's what informs our general conversation but here's a case where the math tells you if you like Milwaukee, bet him in the series, and if you like Phoenix, bet him in game four. Jonas, does that feel – like as a non-technical sports exp- betting expert – how does that resonate?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's perfectly said, because if Milwaukee wins this game, you know, a, a, any series in the NBA, if you were to tell me, all right, it's a best of three, and one team's got by far and away the best player in the series— I mean that that to me would feel like you'd like Milwaukee in the series. Like if Milwaukee wins this game, I I, I love Milwaukee in the series. I I would wonder if Milwaukee does win this,
0: what does the series series price go to? See that's interesting. When there's three games left, typically there would be even more of an advantage for home court advantage. And my gut feeling, if they were considered to be even teams, would be about one sixty, one seventy. Uh, Mackenzie, we've had a couple of those instances this year. Um, This year, what was the typical number in that spot? One second. Let me pull up that. data. Yeah, so let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, and we've had a long segment, we'll look at that and say, what would it be? But I'm also going to tell you right off the go that whoever loses game four, they're at a bigger disadvantage than you might Even think. I don't care if it's Phoenix or Milwaukee. There's a specific reason with each of these teams that losing game four means big, big trouble.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at a very curious line for Game 4 the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, we got the data to back it up. Jones, what do you think about this? We're going to talk next, even after that, about the Team USA stuff. Man, oh man, the odds are, <laughs> are moving fast, moving fast. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's cuz of you spreading the word, and we're going to keep working hard to make sure you get a great, valuable, entertaining show. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Right here in Vegas on the Strip, 107 degrees, the neon is Chugging.
1: So, RJ, we've been talking about game four, the NBA finals coming up tomorrow night, and it sees the Milwaukee Bucks down two games to one, but a four and a half point favorite at home on pregame.com.
0: So, simple recap is if you look at game one and two, all of the factors considered, Phoenix was considered to be the clearly better team by about a point and a half. That doesn't count home court, it was on top of home court. Then If you look at the game since then, but specifically now game four, the upcoming game, this line implies that Milwaukee is better by a point and a half. That would be a net three-point adjustment over the course of one or two games, however you want to look at it. And I'm telling you, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't. In fact, we got the history. So if we go back and say, give me the games that the home team won 2-0, so they win the first two, then the row team becomes the home team. And when they're at home for game three in that must win spot, they win. What is the game four line compared to the game three line? Cause in this case, the game three line was minus four. Now the game four line is minus four and a half. So the line has gone up. That is not typical. So Mackenzie, how many games, if we count all playoffs, not just the finals fall into this category? Since since 2003, we're looking at 91 games. All right, so 91 times, home team won, home team won, and third game, the new home team won. Now, what is that game four line? I right, Of those, what percentage or how many of them did the line get where it was more expensive for the team that won game three? So the line would go up between game three and four, like it did in this case from a game or a line of four to four and a half. That's – Got up. It, it made Milwaukee have to be more expensive. How often did that happen? Only thirteen times out of the ninety-one games. I mean, I'm just doing the math. That's less than fifteen percent. I think that's right. Eighty-six percent. Fourteen percent. So eighty-six percent of the time, this doesn't happen. This is a one in 7 one in seven, one in eight shot, and I think that speaks to one how unusual it is but also to how confusing it is that at the same time that this is happening, such an unusual thing is happening, the odds on the series price are still saying Phoenix is the better team. So this this would be like, I mean, you really think about it. See, that's fascinating. If you went into those 13 times, Mackenzie, here's the next question. How often – was the line below or clearly above home court advantage. So so imagine a situation where um, a team is just so much better. So they're laying nine in game one, right? Maybe eight and a half in game two. Well, you could see a scenario that maybe, and those would be big favorites, right, in the playoffs. But then in game three, you can imagine, okay, let's make a big adjustment because it is a must win. Maybe they're three-point home dogs, right? Right. And, and that's a big adjustment. Uh, let's think about it, though. It might even be bigger than that. Maybe it was Pickham from minus eight. It could happen. That's not that crazy. But then what would happen is if that team wins, you could make the case it was a shocker. It's like, oh, my gosh, they won the game. And that causes a reevaluation of the power rating. It's like when a team who's a huge underdog wins any game, it really causes people to like, kind of sit up and take notice. Of, maybe you can just eye test this and, and jump in when you got it and even if it's a few minutes is how many of those games were a situation where the home team was laying more in the first two games than four, let's say. So it was beyond home court advantage um, and then it, you know, it'd be something like this. It, it just feels like I'm not even sure which way it would go. So let's look at the data, but it does feel like all those cases are not the same because there could be a time remember when Atlanta was playing the Cavs with LeBron and LeBron and the Cavs were the lower seeded team. So what, you know, if I remember the line was like, pick him in game one. And then the Cavs were favored in game two because they won. It's like, that feels like a very different situation than the home team being better initially and then the road team becoming better so in such a quick time. Does anything jump out, or you need is, some time? time is there, what,
1: oh, what, about the ahead, what about the Suns-Lakers this year, that series? It's kind of similar, right? Because the Lakers were favored as the seven seed against the two, and then and then wasn't it a couple of games in or maybe after game four that Phoenix all of a sudden became the favorite?
0: Well, so in that case, and, and, and that brings up the case in the handful we're talking about here, the 15%. Is injury could have been the cause of them. Oh, okay, right. right. But yeah. but obviously in the Laker one, it was injury driven. Now what was really curious about that Laker series was Phoenix, when everyone was perceived to be healthy, being such a big favorite in Game One that it was like we were flabbergasted at that. I mean, these are like three or four of the times in the last couple of years we've been flabbergasted have been in these playoffs. And we ended up finding out there was rumors about LeBron maybe being suspended because of COVID. And thus it was it wasn't rumors that had gotten to me or anyone in the media, it seems. But but the betters seemingly knew about it. So that was unusual. Uh, Mackenzie, you got anything? Yeah, so only three times out of the
2: 13 times was that team in game four favored by more than home court advantage or more than three
0: and a half points. Yeah, so this is very unusual. This is flipping who's the better team, and, and we're talking 90-some game or series. This is flipping who the better team is, and Jonas, you hit it. It's not a mystery. This is a real reevaluation of not only Giannis— but also his, his willingness to be the alpha male, I think, and also how small Phoenix really is physically with Aiden off the floor and how fragile Phoenix is, how fragile they are, that with Aiden off the floor, they, they just are going to get lambasted, it seems. Um, what was it, Sar- Sark is the guy that got hurt?
1: Uh, Sarich, uh, Saric. yeah.
0: Saric, yeah, the backup from Phoenix, and that feels like an inconsequential injury, but looking at it, it feels huge right now. Jonas, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know that you know Dario Saric is that much of an impact on the game. Maybe from a
0: depth perspective. But how much but, better is he than Kamis, Kaminsky in that spot? Uh, I,
1: I mean, yeah, possibly. I, I just don't know that that is such a significant loss that all of a sudden we reevaluate them completely. I mean, they, they've had a, a really deep bench for for quite some time in the post. I think that's been showcased here. Chris Paul's yeah. missed time. I mean, Cameron Payne's coming. Wow, well, but. Well.
0: Court and backcourt's a different story, though, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: and, and that is where there's so, is seriously an advantage for Milwaukee, as
0: showcased in Game 3. And Giannis's willingness to go down and play old-school basketball, which we haven't seen that from him, is something he's shown in these games.
1: Yeah, and if DeAndre Ayton isn't on the floor and doesn't play at a high level, I don't think Phoenix has a
0: shot in this game. And, and the fact you're saying that, even though— Phoenix is considered the better team based upon the money line odds, even adjusting for the 2-1 lead, that's where the disconnect is. It's, to me, this is one of the rare cases where whichever side you like, there's a bet because one of them's is mispriced. Sometimes you can like a side but think it's priced right. These two things are priced so differently. The series price, which says Phoenix is a slightly better team, even considering they're up 2-1. And then the game price, it says Milwaukee's the better team. If you like Phoenix, take the points in game four if you think they're the better team. If you think Milwaukee is, I think you look at that series price. What's the what's the comeback? What's the the payout on the dog on the series price, McKenzie? Plus 210. All right. I, I think there's a bet there because to me – I, th- I think in general, whenever two markets are mispriced, where they have different prices that cannot be both correct, and that's the case here, You can't. Phoenix can't be better. Now, you could make the case if there was reason in game four for the line to be skewed. There is no reason in game four for the line to be skewed. No one's getting healthier. There's no one coming back. There's no major changes that we can foresee. There's no motivational edge. That is bigger than it should be. I mean, it, this feels like one of the most even, like, this is who's better games you're going to have. And for Milwaukee to be clearly better in the in the game price and Phoenix in the series price doesn't make sense. And to me, whenever there's an incongruent two markets, whichever ones have the most betting in it, the more liquid market is probably the more accurate market. And thus, the game market has much more betting I think the game market's more true. I think the game market lines up with the assumptions before the series. And if you think about it, the assumptions before the series was that Milwaukee was clearly the better team. You could bet it. They were minus 150 even without home court. And now Giannis has played not only well compared to what you would expect for an injured player. He's playing better than he ever has. So you got not only a non-injured Giannis, but a superior Giannis. And you're seeing nothing on Phoenix's side that's better than we expected. If anything, Crowder, you know, you could make the case that thinness is a major problem. And thus, to me, and I'm going to make it official right now, impromptu bet, let's take Milwaukee full bet. Plus two ten for the series, and we can talk about that.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: So, what do you think, Jonas, of our impromptu best bet? You like the rationale?
1: Yeah, I like. Uh, I, I think Milwaukee with the health of Giannis and his performance, I, I do like them uh, in Game Four, which makes it, you know. Um, when, when I said I felt like they were going to still a live dog to win the series when they were down 0-2, I didn't know it was going to go this way, but it does make it seem like I know what I'm talking
0: about. Oh, did so you see how he slipped in his, yeah. his <laughs> prediction? That, that was I smooth. Just... <laughs> when, we <come> back, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be less optimistic. Team USA, how have the odds been affected? And what do the odds say about the chance to win the gold, a team that's lost two in a row now?
1: He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. out of Vegas!
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., there's been some concern about the U.S. men's basketball team. Now, they currently have a 13-point lead over Argentina. It's an exhibition, but they have lost two straight, which has caused some people to wonder whether or not the best days of USA basketball
0: are behind them. You might not remember the old Latterman when he would do stupid pet tricks and then, I guess, stupid human tricks. He always would say... This is an exhibition. Please, no wagering. But <laughs> there, there was wagering in, in all these games. And at the end of the show yesterday, we kind of rattled off some stats, but it, it bears repeating. So, Mackenzie, in the biggest upset, what was the line of that game?
2: They were favored by 29.5 versus Nigeria.
0: So Nigeria almost 30 point favorites. So we said, and, and the money line in the game was 17 to 1, was the take back? Yes. Okay, so 100 wins you 1,700. So obviously you could say big uh, big upset, big underdog. But, but that 17 to 1 doesn't really do justice to how big of an upset it was. So what we did was said, all right, let's go to college basketball. And let's take games that had a line between 28 and 30, I think. What was the range we looked at? Above 29, below 32. Okay, so in the same range, right? And it was 0 for, I think, like 142, those teams. 161.
2: Oh, 161. 161. So
0: think about that. 161 times there was a team in college basketball favored between 29 and 32, and literally zero times the underdog won. That would be very analogous, you would think, spread-wise, to the Nigeria win. And to lose the follow-up game, did we have a spread on that one?
2: Yeah, they were favored by 16.5 versus Australia.
0: 16.5. So how many times is a team—now that's interesting. Has any college basketball team ever—check this as we're talking—been an underdog by more than the Australia line— in two straight games and lost both of them. So even though in the one game it was, you know, 29 against Nigeria, let's not even account for that. Let's just say to lose as a 17 point or more favorite two straight games. Uh, I'm not th- I'm thinking zero <laughs> we'll see, but as you look at it I mean, is this a commentary on Popovich, Jonas? Is this a commentary on the rest of the world getting better? Is this a commentary on our best players not playing? What do you see it as? Uh,
1: I mean, I, th- I think our players are good enough. I mean, there's good enough talent there that they should be performing better. I, I wonder if a little bit of this is they're just trying to get you know, back I- into the rhythm of this. Um, the-, the talent around the world has gotten much better. This is not like 1992 with Barcelona. Um, I think you're seeing really, really talented players come from all over the place um i would expect them to to correct this and and get better the popovich angle is something that that some people have brought up you know um what
0: seems to be the consensus where if it is him why
1: the the consensus is maybe he was more his success was more of a product of tim duncan's time in san antonio than really what greg popovich was doing
0: Hmm. So you're saying there's been a reevaluation of how good Popovich is? Yes,
1: because since Tim Duncan has left, they're not the same. It's it's not the same team. And and look, he's a Hall of Famer, so that that's a natural fallback. But maybe now you start to look at Popovich different. That he was, you know, more or less, you know, uh, uh, his success was really dependent on those guys, and not so much him getting the best out of those players.
0: Yeah. Here's what I'd say about Popovich is. I don't like people who feel like their answer is the only reasonable answer. I don't care if you're on one side of the equation or the other. I want there to be a sense that there's smart people on the other side. So maybe it's experiences. Maybe it's whatever that has one person thinking one thing, one person thinking the other. Uh, He has a haughtiness about him that doesn't leave room for that. That said, as a coach, I always really valued him, and I would make the following case. is Most of those titles up to the last one, you could say that. What I think is, if you look at that last title when they beat the Heat, a year after they almost beat the Heat, it was a team. Kawhi wasn't quiet yet. It was a team effort, and to me, coaching was a huge part of that one, and Duncan wasn't near a top player at that point. Maybe it's just his inability to communicate with the youth of today, and Duncan being a clubhouse or a locker room sheriff maybe had more to do with it. He doesn't have that now, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it, uh, yeah that could be the case. Uh, we are straight out of Vegas. Uh, we are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on FSR. But if you want to check out the podcast and you missed any of today's show, go to foxsportsradio.com and search for Straight Out of Vegas, a full breakdown of game four in the NBA finals a line that doesn't make sense and a best bet on a game that could change how this series plays out again check out the podcast foxsportsradio.com just search for search for straight out of vegas and we're back tomorrow right here on fsr straight out of (laughs) vegas